This week, NCPR is re-airing some stories we've reported over the past year that delve into Black history and life in the region. Today, the North Country is about 95% white. But there's a dark history of Ku Klux Klan activity pushing Black people out of the region. That history is coming up on this edition of Story of the Day. Support for Story of the Day comes from the St. Lawrence County Community Development Program, now accepting applications for the Head Start program to prepare children ages 3 to 5 for school, online at slccdp.org slash head dash start. Hi, I'm Lucy Grindon, filling in for David Summerstein. It's Tuesday, February 20th. First, the North Country is suffering from a shortage of emergency medical services workers. But in St. Lawrence County, Clarkson University just started a nine-month paramedic training program. Officials say they hope to double the number of paramedics in the county within just the next year. Amy Feierisel reports. According to a 2022 study done by St. Lawrence County, there were about 25 paramedics working in the county that year. But there were 17,000 calls. That's inadequate ALS or paramedic coverage. That's Doug Wildermuth, the director of EMS and experiential learning at Clarkson University. In rural St. Lawrence County and our surrounding areas, like anywhere else in the healthcare field, we definitely have a, a employee shortage specifically on paramedics. That's why Clarkson's just launched a new paramedic training program. The first cohort of 17 paramedic students started in early December and will graduate this August. That could mean a 70 percent increase in county paramedics, says Wildermuth. Going from 25 paramedics in 2022 to potentially 17 more in the area come nine months later, uh, that's a big footprint. A huge footprint. And that's because EMS trainings have to be accredited by the state, and there are very few paramedic programs in the North Country. The next closest paramedic program to the east is in Elizabethtown. To the south of us, the nearest paramedic program would be SUNY Upstate in Syracuse. Both of those locations are two-hour drives away. That limits who and how many people can get paramedic training and has made it hard for St. Lawrence County residents to get trained without upending their lives. But the first cohort of Clarkson's program is changing that. Wildermuth says most of their 17 students are within a 30-minute drive from Potsdam, with a few further afield from Alexandria Bay and Plattsburgh. We wanted to go ahead and create a nice, uh, local, quick, affordable program. The program costs $8,500, and about half of the current students are on some form of scholarship. At the end of the program, Wildermuth says graduates will be ready to take a federal and state paramedic exam, and then they can get to work. We're not interested in making sure they grab their certificate and do nothing with it. We, we want them in the back of the ambulances on the road, that's for sure. And graduates should have no problem finding work, says Wildermuth. Paramedics are in particular demand. And they make around $25 to $30 per hour, compared to the $20 per hour that EMTs make. That's because paramedics require more training and can administer critical care in ambulances en route to the hospital. Clarkson Hall, where the program is being run, is a great place to learn those skills, says Wildermuth. That's because they have access to special facilities and equipment from other departments at the school, including a cadaver lab and a large simulation space where they can set up scenarios like car crashes or house calls. And it brings real-world life experiences without waiting for the real-world life call. 
Wildermuth says they've already got cohorts number two and number three planned for later this year. Amy Feierisel, North Country Public Radio. For Black History Month, we're listening again to some stories from the past year that focus on Black history in the North Country. In the 1920s and 30s, the white supremacist group the Ku Klux Klan terrorized people in St. Lawrence County. Over the span of a decade, they drove out most of the area's black population. Catherine Wheeler reports on a local historian who's uncovering how the Klan has impacted the region's demographics. The Ku Klux Klan's presence in St. Lawrence County rose after the showing of the racist propaganda film The Birth of a Nation. Historian Brian Thompson says the local press was supportive of the film's racist themes. Starting in 1922, and after that, the Klan started to gain momentum here. And over the next uh, six to seven years, it was a very prominent force with rallies being held all over the county. The largest rally I found recorded was some 5,000 people on the Potsdam Norwood Road, where they recruited 500 new members at one rally. There were chapters all over the county. There was a chapter in Brzee Corners, in Depoister, Potsdam, Messina, Ogdensburg, Oswegatchie, to name a few of the places. Thompson's the historian for the town of DeKalb in St. Lawrence County. He's given talks about the Klan and has written about the North Country's Black communities. Thompson says anywhere from 1,000 to 2,000 people would attend Klan rallies. He says they recruited entire social organizations to join their ranks. The Klan was a pyramid scheme. So if you joined... You paid your 10 bucks and the Klegel got so much and the local chapter got so much and the national chapter did. If you brought your friend along and he joined, you got a dollar of his 10 bucks. Thompson says the Klan was focused on forcing out the county's black community. And there were a large number of black workers in Messina working for Alcoa in the early 20s. They managed to... Uh, with the help of the local judge to basically eliminate that black community. Whereas in 1920, there were over 50 black men working at Alcoa. By 1930, there were three. Thompson says the Klan and public officials were using the courts to drive away black residents. Judges would say you can go to jail or leave town. Local elected officials who deliberately in court said... You can either have this punishment for speeding or you can leave town on the six o'clock train. And that was given over and over again in printed records, but only to African-American people living in the county, with one exception. One Russian immigrant was had the same sentence. Thompson says the Klan's violence also targeted Catholics, Jews, and immigrants in the county. There was a, one recorded incident where on one night... A cross was burnt on every Catholic household between the village of Canton and the village of Pirates, which at that time was a big paper mill town. And most of the employees were Eastern European immigrants and are largely Catholic. And they sent letters to many people telling them they should leave the community for the, for the good of the community. 
Thompson says mentions of the Klan in local newspapers started to die out when the state passed a law requiring oath-bearing organizations to divulge membership lists. He says records show local chapters existed within St. Lawrence County through the early 1930s. Thompson says the Klan's lasting impact is clear in the county's racial demographics. Between the mid-1800s and up until the 1920s, there was a consistent black population of about 200 people. It stayed that way constantly through 1920. By 1930, there's just about 50 black people left. And other than three or four of them, they're all residents of the St. Lawrence Psychiatric Hospital. So the only people who came here for medical treatment from the whole of northern New York. Uh, And the legend has become there were never any black people here. He says white supremacy drove out a population that could have grown during the Great Migration of the mid-1900s. And he asks, what could have been if the black community in the North Country had been allowed to flourish? We forced our black community out. Niagara Falls, they stayed, they had 300 black people there at the beginning of World War II in 1940. By the end of World War II with the migration north and the war industry, They had, in 1950, they had 3,000 black people. If we had let the 150 black people stay in Messina, would there have been 1,500 by 1950? And what difference would that have made in terms of supporting a vibrant black community? Thompson says knowing this history helps combat deliberate attempts to whitewash the community's history. He says if we can learn from it, we'll be better equipped to challenge similar events in the present and future. Catherine Wheeler, North Country Public Radio. This story originally aired in October of last year. There's more news all the time at ncpr.org. Music today by I Am Snow Angel of Lake Placid and Dan Duggan of Lake Clear. I'm Lucy Grindon, North Country Public Radio.